coming at you from my office on Super Bowl Sunday, and we're joined by our special guests, um, chips and queso, and wine. Yes. Um, Very important guest, I must say. And um, we are, uh, we've also been talking for about, oh, let's think, an hour and a half. Yes. Before we started recording, so I'm sure my husband is very confused why we're still in here talking. <laughs> Actually, he's probably not because he knows us. I know. <laughs> and, um, and we thought since it was Super Bowl Sunday, we were enjoying some chips and queso and some wine, we'd talk a little bit about sports. And I think you and I are both, you know, long, as I think we've mentioned, like, we both have a lot of feelings about both sort of our own sports allegiances. Yes. And um, sort of our own, uh, you know, individual participation in sports. Laura is quite the ice skater. And um, you are. You're a good ice skater. Okay. <laughs> you're better than me. <laughs> and um, and also just like the, in general, the sort of depiction of sports, especially girls in sports. Yeah. Um, there's a, it's an interesting topic because it seems like there's something you would expect more of. Yeah, and you know, obviously, but I, I, we had a hard time really coming up with our, our list, list. Is only like one post-it note of like good books. Yeah, and a normal post-it note size, you know, not not yes, yeah, it's not like a big post. It's like your standard post-it note, yeah. um, with glitter pen, and so <laughs> it just seems like an important detail. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting, I don't know, it's an interesting subject. Like, when we were, like, I started going through my whole Goodreads list, and I was, like... I did that, too. I was, like, wow, there's really not a lot out there, especially if you're talking about books for young people. Yeah, I mean, and I guess it could be that I just haven't read enough, because I was, I haven't read a lot of adult fiction over the past few years, and the adult fiction I've read hasn't had anything to do with females. No, I mean, all of the stuff that I can think of is stuff, honestly, it's pretty oriented towards boys. Um, some yeah. of them that I have thought were really good is, like, the, um, what's it, Ron Corky, yeah. his um, Shakespeare, Shakespeare, yeah. Shakespeare Bats Clean Up and Shakespeare Makes a Playoff. I love yeah. those books. Yeah, and then there's the um, one that I really like is A Nightingale Country. Yeah, and um, The Crossover is another one I really like. And yeah, I a, keep meaning to read Oh, it's so good. It's I know. a great book I've about basketball. I've heard really good things about it's, it. It's so. just a really, it's one of those also, like, you know, people think they don't like verse novels, and I'm like, oh, well, read the crossover and get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make you cry, and then you'll be sad also because you thought you didn't like verse novels. Yeah. Um, but there's not, I mean, I look at most of my shelves, which obviously don't have all the books on them, um, but there's not a, we are literally looking at my um, but the stuff that I have that's really good is, you know, either, you know, involving like starring boys or it's nonfiction. Yeah. Um, that's like not, not that all... there's anything wrong with either of those. No, things, I like but... both those things. I just, it's interesting to me that that's the case because this list is very short, especially, you know, relatively recent books. It's not a, um, yeah. A and I feel like growing up, I mean, maybe it was just the schools that I went to or something like that, but. I feel like girls doing sports was an everyday thing. It was pretty normal where I grew up as well, and we grew up on opposite coasts, despite popular opinion that we went to high school together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was maybe something like I went to, well, when I was younger, I went to public school in a small town, um, but then when I was older, uh, when I, like, a 
popular one around town, Robertson Prep School. And sports were very big there. Like, everybody, boys and girls, were expected to participate. And they had certain things that were separate for boys and girls. But, I mean, honestly, if, we're, if there was a sport that was not offered in, to the girls, they could join the boys' team. Like, hockey was a really big sport in the school that I went to. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, I think they have a girls' team now. But at the time when I was there in the early 90s, they only had a boys team. But the girls who were really good at hockey or just really liked hockey were welcome to try out. And if they met with each other, then they could be on the boys team. You know, so it was yeah, and pretty open in that way. I mean, when so. I, in high school, there was, I mean, uh, there were a lot of girl sports when I was in high school in the 90s. I went to an um, all-girls school, so it's kind of yeah, hard for me. Yeah, I mean, I went to a big, I went to a, you know, big public high school, but in the, you know, in the rural area, and there were, you know, like, the girls' softball team won the state championship, I think, four years in a row. Yeah. I mean, like, there was some pretty, you know, the girls, the girls' tennis team was really good and was really respected. You know, there were, um, you know, a, a number of girls' teams that were really, you know, well-regarded. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in elementary school, I mean, that's, you know, I think it felt like Title IX didn't exist. Sort of my K to eight experience in a lot of yeah. ways, um, because like it's like you didn't get to play soccer. Like if you wanted to play soccer and you were a girl, you were SOL. Um, yeah. And there were a number of other um, situations like you're worried, like you just didn't get to participate. I know it's obviously it's kind of old. It's changed a lot since then. Um, but you know, by the time I was in high school, that was a pretty common, you know, girl sports. They probably weren't as, obviously, they weren't, like, football team, but they were, you know, pretty well um, regarded. Established. Yeah, established and regarded, and it's interesting, because I imagine, you know, 20 years later, um, that, uh, I imagine that's only increased, I would hope. Yeah, I mean, especially Um, since, what, Title, is it Title Seven? Title Nine. Title Nine, like, the equality of, like, sports or, like, athletic or anything like that, so... Um. I mean, that's all, I mean, you would hope that it has uh, increased, but... Uh, I think it definitely has, though, and I feel like that um, female athletes are more visible than they ever have oh, before. Yeah. I mean, not equal to men's sports. Um, but, but you look I mean, at, like, the that... U.S. women's soccer team, for example, yeah. who are, like, I mean, around here, I mean, because there's a number of them who play for, like, the professional soccer team here. Like, yeah. they are, I mean, people, I mean, they're huge. Yeah. And, you know, Serena Williams and, you know, there's, I mean, you can start listing off the Yeah, I mean, you turn on TV and, like, you know, women's college basketball and the women's pro basketball has been pretty big. I was in Seattle a couple years ago, um, and we were outside Caesars Lounge, which is where the women's team played, and there was a game about to start, and the line was so... Long. That is such a cool thing too because their fans are crazy. Yeah, like they are like. It was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was they're awesome. just loud and crazy, and they travel around and follow this. Yeah, this I mean the line to get into the arena. I mean the line was so long. I couldn't even see the arena from the yeah. back of the line where I, you know, when I first walked into that area because there's a lot of stuff in that area where the arena is for the game. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? And there was just, like, tons of people there. Families, boys, girls, mom, yeah. dads, and, like. It's, yeah, that, the following of that team is what really makes it interesting. Yeah. They are, they're like, what are they, the 
Storm Crazy, something like that. They have like a name. I'm not sure. They're like really loud. Yeah, but I think <laughs> it's, it's really cool. neat. But it's I really definitely neat. think, or, and then with the Little League player Monique Davis. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that uh, girls are getting more and more visibility. Yeah, I mean, it's not it obviously to, not a perfect world, but yeah, it it feels like there's actually another one of those instances where like. Popular media hasn't really, in particular books, haven't caught up with the world. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, I feel like I'm more likely to see, I feel like a much more substantially likely to see a female on television playing a sport than I am to find a woman about it. In a bookstore. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's really interesting. And we were talking, and, like, I was wondering if it's, a result of maybe who writes books and so who books are people. And yeah. this is, I mean, this is me being like a little controversial, but um, this kind of self identity of like authors and, you know, sort of bookish types versus. It, it's it gets yeah, really, um, it gets really so, awkward. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> just the issue of like, I think there are a lot of stereotypes yeah. about people who are athletic um, that maybe, maybe authors feel like they're not conducive to being athletes like they should I think be. That's true. You know what I mean? Like I think athletes are thought to be like loud and confident and boisterous and extroverted, which is the opposite of what I think a lot of characters in books are. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because like, you know, you're in a lot of times, especially in first person YA, you're in this person's head all the time. So if you feel like your character, their what's going on inside their head can't carry your story, then you're not going to write a story yeah. about that type of person, right? right? So, well, I actually think that's why like the crossover works so well. Again, not a girl book, not girl book, quote unquote, but um, because it, you know, that was like all the whole book is in that really close first person narrative, mm -hmm. and like the character was like super extroverted. He was like an amateur rapper. Like, I mean, seriously, this character's great. He's like, a, like Damian Lillard. Kind of, actually. That's a really good comparison. Super confident. He's like 13, super confident, super cocky. And yeah. like, very, like, he thinks he knows what's going on. Totally like Damian Lillard. Yeah. That is a great comparison. But I don't know Damian Lillard. And, right. I don't know what he's like when he's and not involved people the way, in his own home. Yeah, and that's the know? way this character presents himself is like that. Yeah. And then you're in this head, and then he's, like, thinking about a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of, like, him trying to figure stuff out. And it's it actually really hits that sort of, like, forces performance thing. Yeah. Through, like, the lens of, like, a 13-year-old boy. It's really good stuff. Yeah. Um, because it is. It's actually not all that different than, like, theater. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, I think when you're in an athletic event, whether it's a competition-style game like basketball or if it's just an individual game and you're presenting yourself as figure skating or something like that, then, I mean, it is like a performance. It know? is. It's a performance where you're getting scored. You know? Yeah, I no, mean, I know. Like, I mean, it's, but it is, I mean, it's. Uh, it's but I don't think that any, I don't think any artist says that, like, or a musician or something says that who they are on stage, like, encompasses who they are totally yeah. as a person. But I feel like a lot of people think that way about athletes. Like, yeah. the way they present themselves, like, on the field or on the court is who they are 
all the time. Yeah. And I think that's really unfair. I do, too. It's interesting, too, because I think that you can really dig into this and get, like, a sports book that really feeds that, too. Mm. I mean, it's, but that's a whole other subject we won't get into. But, I mean, we could, but, but then this podcast probably, would be a lot longer. It would be really long. <laughs> um, but it's it's an interesting, I it's just such a, I, it, I don't know why there's that gap. I mean, I, I think there are, I mean, there are those books out there, but, you know, like I said, our, I recently read, uh, Girl Against the Universe by Paula Stokes, which isn't out yet. I'm not sure when it comes out. I should have had that in my notes right here. Um, but it's um, about... Yeah, put it in the podcast. Yeah, I'll just send it to you. <laughs> uh, but it's about this girl who's... Um, she had played tennis when she was younger. Um, she uh, suffered from a, suffered from like a compulsive disorder. Oh. Okay. And... Um, like it's just kind of a litany, like kind of classic, like the litany of like anxieties and other things that um, are impacting her as a result of um, something bad that happened in her life. And, um, you know, she's going through like therapy and like behavioral therapy and to try to resolve, you know, make her obsessive compulsive disorder manageable um, and to kind of get her anxiety under control. And, um, she, one of the things that, um, her therapist really tells her to do is to do something that she used to love to do, and so she goes to the, goes to the tennis team, and I loved that book, not just because, like, I thought the sports stuff was well done, because it's, like, she and then the other main character are both really excited about it, um, and there's a lot of, the other main, the boy in that book has a lot of He's like based on track to be like a pro. Oh, okay. Pro, like yeah. on the pro tour, like he's a very, very, very good tennis player. Mm-hmm. Um, getting lots of you know national yeah. attention and you know and people really want him to turn pro versus go to school and yeah. he's trying to make that decision and you know does he how does he want to self identify? There's a lot of really you know like does he want to sort of come back clean like you know here he is the athlete or does he want to like figure out what he wants? Yeah. Um and but you know she's like for her playing. Um, be okay. This Fine. table can be brutal. <laughs> There's a um, sorry table. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, for her, you know, joining the tennis team is like, it's like such a big thing for her in terms of like, she can't, she can't have like all of, she can't let her compulsions and her anxieties like rule her life. Like that's keeping the athlete away. Yeah. And so it's like this very sort of therapeutic thing for her, but it's also like. The connections with other people are really mm-hmm. good for her as well because she's feeling isolated herself, and like the you know being on a team is really um, a big part of that story as well. And I thought there was a lot of stuff that the author and I think actually she, Paul Stokes is a good author. I've read I think both of her other books, and she touches on a lot of stuff that are just like kind of serious stuff, but in a way that's really accessible. Yeah, and um, I think she also really clearly writes for a teen audience. Like, I mean, I don't know her. I've never talked to her, but I feel like she's really clear on like her audience and teenagers, not for a teenager crossover thing. It's like kind of yeah. one of my issues um, with that particular category at the moment. And um, I appreciate that she's really clear as to who her audience is in her writing. But um, I thought the stuff with the teen, like in having that's one of the few books I've really seen handle that. Well, and just, like, also the drama, like, you don't join a team and suddenly everyone freaking likes you, and, like, you're all, like, 
hugs and kisses and you know it's all you know you're all like one for all all for one like you have to kind of negotiate the drama and the all that stuff and I thought yeah. that was all really really well done in that book so the more I think about the book the more I liked it okay. yeah it's just I like she wrote the art of laming um which I liked as well and um that had um the girls very into the art there was some interesting does a really good job also of writing like love interests that are flawed. Oh, okay. But also yeah. like but not like like flawed in ways that are normal. Yeah. <laughs> like they, everybody No, is, yeah, right? I know. Like so. they make mistakes and like they kinda of, you know, they screw up and like they're just trying to figure stuff out too. And it's like in a way that's they're not like bad boys and you yeah. know that sort of stuff. Like it's just sort of, you know, people who are also trying to just like they're stuck to be like, you know, teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's like, you're trying, like I don't know what I'm doing, you know, so I, I, I like that what she does with, with that as well, and it's like, um, otherwise I liked her books as much as I did until I started talking about them. That's funny. And that was, right, Art of Laney was a recommendation from Raquel. Oh, the book club. And yeah. then, and Girl Against the Universe was a recommendation from Jen of Top Dose Readers, which oh, was okay. mentioned in the acknowledgments of that book. So, and I got really excited when I saw her name. <laughs> anyway that's my recommendation I have nothing else basically no other well I mean I do but not good ones alright yeah well I really like Sleeping Dreams oh god why is this not on our list are I we idiots know. I thought I mentioned it you but did I but then I didn't write it down well that's not my fault mm, <laughs> Um, I really, I really like the Dairy Queen trilogy a lot. Oh, me too. Also, um, a great audiobook. Yeah, really well done, and, um, I just love that character. I loved her voice, mm -hmm. the way, everything about it was very well done, and she's a girl who's just, like, really athletic, but she's introverted, which is yeah. not as it sounds, you know, it's just, there are athletic it's, people who are introverted, you know what well, I mean? And I There's no way that 100% of athletes are extroverted, yeah. and you I know what I mean? I love how she comes from, like, a like a football family. Yeah. Like, everyone has known that family. Like, they're just, yeah. like, like, their family was so real. Yeah. And I thought that author did a really good job of dealing with, um, in the second book, she really struggles first book she spends the season going to the football team and supporting the football team and supporting the team and then she whistles and she's a girl and then she yeah. goes to the team and then in the second and third book she really has to struggle with whether or not she can be serious and committed to anything else um, because football doesn't it's, hold a lot for her yeah there's sure. not it's Even not she loves it it's not going to give her much beyond that she loves it yeah and, and there's she, nothing wrong with doing something because you love it, but at the same time, she should also consider like, right? You know, I mean, she sports wants to go to college, and her some, family doesn't have the yeah. money for it. So sports can unlock some doors for her if she lets it. Yeah, um, and I really liked how that author dealt with um, college recruiting. Oh my god, she actually did a very good job of that. Yeah, there were a couple little errors, but it was and normally like errors with athletic teams. Yeah. Just 
like just use Google. But the NCAA yeah. guys is like the NCAA is like the the body that kind of governs college athletics in this country. And guys, it's such a cluster fuck. It like, really it's is so convoluted, and they just need to scrap all the rules and start over. Well, and they don't even know what the rules are because they like half the time they contradict each other. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I think she did a a lot. Some of the reviews that I've read of this book really criticize her college application process, and they're just like, "This isn't how it works." And I'm just like, "Oh, this isn't how it works for normal people applying to college." But But if you're really good at basketball, you are a talented athlete. And they think you will help them win at a Division One school, then this is how it works. This is reality for these people. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it's um, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean... It, it's really crazy what they deal with, you know? Just, like, being... I mean, and I think some people are who are involved in that situation, it's like, oh, poor thing that they have people, you know, fawning all over them to give them college scholarships. And I'm just like, yeah, but they also have to, what, practice how many hours a day and miss all this time from school and still get their work done if they want to graduate and stuff like that. And the majority of college athletes, I mean, I mean, in there's certain sports like, you know, men's, college football and men's college basketball where you're just like, whatever, like, they don't need to pass. But you know what? The majority of athletes who have scholarships in this country don't become pro athletes. No. (laughs) I mean, pro athletics is a very, very ruthless and selective group of people. And most of the people, even if you are you know, one of the best Division One athletes in this country, you might not be pro. Like, no, so that really, means that or you if need you, to find a way to get to your classes and graduate. Or you if know? you, yeah, I mean, like, you know, or maybe you can be pro and, like, not make shit for money, like, in yeah. some weird, like, foreign league. Yeah, or get traded you know. from team to team every year and not know where you're going to live, you know, every six months or something. Maybe never get to play the sport that you really love to play. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah, but I thought that series was really well done as far as, like, athletics, you know, pro athletics. Yeah, she's just such a, that character is one of my favorite. I mean, she just. Yeah, DJ Snyder. Yeah, I mean, and I think there's just so much that she goes through that I think is, you know, like, there's that thing towards, I think it's the third book, when she's going through recruiting, and she goes and visits University of Minnesota, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. she meets the girls who are on the basketball team, and yeah. she's like, holy crap. Like, these, you know, this kid, like, these are, like, people like me, you know? And yeah. it's, like, this, you know, because, like, because she's always kind of the weird athletic one. Yeah. Because that was also a really good spin on, on that as well, because yeah. I think there's sort of a perception if you're, like, good at something like that, then, like, you must, like, sort of have it all together, and be confident, yeah. and, like, I thought that was so good, like, when, I don't think that's a spoiler, is it? Yeah, or just, like, I think there's just this perception, too, that, like, athletes are just, like, these mindless slugs who have to be totally committed, and I think that is so unfair. But, like, I mean, athletics takes, like, 
to be really good, like hard work, discipline, like vision, you're on a team, you can't fog on your team, you have to do what's best for your team, you have to like work within that framework. You know, there's a lot involved in it. You have to know, like, I mean, no matter what sport you're involved in, you have to understand a lot of intricacies in order to make you gotta know the players, you gotta know know how every what everyone's. It's a different kind of intelligence, and that's what I, I yeah. sort of wonder if it's, in a sense, I mean, because I think I didn't really understand that when I was younger, and I, I wonder, um, you know, if it's something that's maybe not written about because it is People sort of misunderstood as yeah. a, um, I, I don't think you're probably right. Because, I mean, we have, like, the dance books, and there's a fair amount of dance books, but that's, yeah. like, a different sort of, I mean, not that it's not a sport, because I, I think... Yeah. Dancing is, you know, incredibly intense and yeah. physically demanding and as um, demanding as any like artistic sport. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but it's not um my Roomba just went off. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's what that crazy noise is, like the whirling noise <laughs> is the Roomba doing the vacuuming. Um <laughs> sorry about that. Uh and I think it's just gonna go. I was hoping Josh would turn that off. Um, anyway, uh, and then there was another, there's another series that we both read, though. I actually don't think I ever read the third book, because I got mad at the second book. The Gracie Falcon. Oh, I love that series. So this is an Aussie series, and it's yeah. really hard to get here. But maybe you can get it now that the Tupac story is about Maybe Dalian you can. Books. I know, but this series is great. I loved the first book so much. It's about soccer. Yeah, it's about a girl who plays soccer, Gracie Falcon, um. Yay! She you know what? They're not listed as available, but they are listed in the notify, which means they'll probably be there eventually. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, those books are definitely, definitely worth reading. Um, I really enjoyed her writing. I feel like there was a... Um, Calf Crowley. Did we mention that? We, oh, I don't know if we had. I couldn't remember if we had either. Yeah, but Calf Crowley, author of Graffiti Room and The Warm Persona. I feel like there was... um. Spiritedness to the Gracie Faltrain. Yeah. Not that I don't love her other books and her writing. No, there is like a. I love her. I like, I adore Graffiti Moon. I think it's And I love A Little Wanting Song. Yeah. Um, But. There's a there's also like a humor to Gracie Falcon. Yeah, that's and I don't not... think that it's something that you see in her other books that like I feel like if you didn't know that these were both by the same author, you wouldn't have thought that. No, I think you wouldn't make you would not guess that they're the same. Um, um and I really enjoyed this series. So you still haven't read the third one? No, I got oh. really mad at the end of the second one. <laughs> oh my god, I sound insane when I say that. No, I remember being really mad at the second one, but I was just like, okay, I need to see how Cass Crowley, like, resolves this and redeems Gracie, so I just kept plowing on to the third one, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got really mad. And and you just, like, like, do your book. I really did. I was doing that one of those, like, insane things that I do where I get, like, really disgusted and then I just don't finish the series, which is terrible. Like, it's a terrible habit. There's a lot of series. I don't know how they end. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I got mad at like the second to last book and just quit reading. Yeah. Because I'm like, I dislike this turn of events. Yeah. And then I just don't, it's that's really immature. Yeah, but like Gracie Faltry, it's about a girl who ends up on boys' soccer teams. Right? Yes. And it's about how like all the hijinks that are completed in that. And 
Oh, and it's, I love, the thing I really liked about the first one is the, the way the point of views, too, shift. Yeah. Because you get to see Gracie, not just from Gracie's head, but how other people see her. Yeah. And it's really, it's really fantastic. Yeah. I always um, thought that book was really funny because I really like a movie about a girl playing soccer on Gracie's team. That movie is called Gracie's, but it's not, oh, it has no relation to this funny. book. that's funny. But I, um, I really like that movie. It's about, you it's about right when the whole, like, when they decided that, you know, shockingly, they just randomly decided that girls and boys should equally be able to play sports and have equal funding, you know, in the 1970. I know this book. Yeah. Yeah, I know this one. I really like that movie. Or I'm this movie. This one's I really good. It was like, um, I think it was kind of based a little bit on you guys remember this actress, but Elizabeth Shue, um, mm-hmm. she was um, Ralph Macchio's girlfriend in The Karate Kid, which is an awesome movie, and you guys should all watch that if you haven't watched the original. Oh my God. Not the remake you realize with Will probably- Smith's son, the original with Ralph Macchio made in the 1970s. Um, I really re- needed to clarify that. You really, you realize there's probably people who are listening to this who have not seen the original Karate Kid. God, that makes me so sad. I'm not even kidding. It's just like, yeah. Like, if you can't be inspired by, like, the karate tournament montage at the end to that You're the Best of Them song, like, I don't even know what to tell you, guys. Like, like you are obviously an unfeeling Speaking person. Speaking of sports movies, have you seen Creed yet? No. I oh. watch it. I know. I oh, watch it. it's so good, Laura. It's so good. If it comes to McMinimus, we should try to go. I know it's so good. Kurt McMinimus is the place with the cheap movies and the beer. Uh-huh. I don't like that movie. I know. Anyways, so uh-huh. good. Sorry, I was like, it's the same thing. Like, if you can't like cry at the end, <laughs> I know. like there's like something wrong with you. Like, I mean, seriously. obviously, you're also going to make fun of Ralph Macchio's fashion choices because oh, they're amazing. I know. But... I mean, have you seen what adult Ralph Macchio looks like though? Exactly the same as. It's like he looks like he looks like Ralph Macchio all those years ago, but with he like, looks exactly the same with like weird sort of face creases. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange. It's like not even wrinkles. It's just like yeah, yeah he hasn't. I mean, he hasn't really aged that much as far as no, I can tell. Not really. So, but sorry was, about my distraction. That's fine. I was the one who started going I, off about Karate Kid. But. No, but guys, if you you should watch Karate Kid, and then if you haven't seen it, you should also watch Creed. If you don't like karate or boxing, you'll still like both those movies. I would say. <laughs> if you don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. I mean, I, I yeah, you probably found the wrong podcast, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, but I really, I thought it was interesting where Elizabeth Shue um, was talking about how when she was young, she really liked soccer. She was quite good at it. It was something that she just kind of gave up. Because she didn't, you know, I think she didn't think it was, like, proper for a girl and other people didn't think it was proper for a girl. Like, I think she ended up kind of feeling this pressure to quit. As an adult, she said that she kind of regretted it. Um, and so that's kind of part of what this movie is about. Is like, well, what if she hadn't given up? What if she had kept pursuing it and things like that? And so she actually has, like, a small role in that movie. But I think that's really 
I didn't realize that was based on like sort of a what if of Elizabeth Shue's life. It's her, and then it's also that's that really at the beginning of the movie. It's like it's about a family where um, there's I don't know if there's two sons and one daughter, or maybe it's just one son and a daughter. Mm. But one of the sons and uh, dies, and he has died before. I think before the movie, or maybe at the very beginning. There's not much of a story in this movie. And he was an outstanding soccer player, like star of his soccer team, varsity team. And so um, his younger sister loves soccer. Maybe not as talented as her brother, but she loves it. You mm-hmm. know? And she does work really hard on it. And she decides to try to, um, now because he's died, there's an empty spot on the varsity team. And she wants to join the varsity soccer team, which is, but it's only boys team. big issue with that because it's like a family thing and mm-hmm. you have to go through a big battle to be allowed to join the team. I really like that movie. I remember really enjoying it. It has a really bad um, Rotten Tomatoes score but weirdly good critical reviews. Interesting. Sorry. It just... Yeah, I don't know. I don't really trust Rotten Tomatoes. I don't either. Like, I feel like Rotten Tomatoes is drunk. I like Rotten Tomatoes, like, as a resource for certain things, but I don't really, like, I don't really think the percentages of their scores are really reflect how I'm going to feel about a movie. No offense to Goodreads, but I feel like it's akin to Goodreads in that, in that, yeah. like, I find the individual commentary interesting and sometimes useful. Yeah, but, but overall, I don't find, like, like the, the aggregates aren't helpful to me yeah, at all. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I totally agree with that. Though I do love the Rotten Tomatoes reviews where it's, like, has, like, a 1% or whatever. Those are amazing. I know. Those are incredible. I will recreationally use those. I know. <laughs> <laughs> those are great. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have mixed feelings about, um, a lot of, actually, a lot of sports books. It's kind of funny. Um, but, and one of them I have a lot of mixed feelings about is um, our Katie McGarry series. Um, the very, I can't even remember the names of them. Um, I have to look it up, which is really shows how. Like, the first one is Pushing Limits. I don't think there's any sports in that one, is there? I don't remember. We haven't read them. I don't know why I'm asking you. No, um, but there's one that. is like, has a, um, there's like a drag racing thing, uh-huh. and like I like that one a lot better than the other ones in the series. And the other one, there's another one that's like um an MMA um, oh, thing. Okay, yeah. And in both of those, like the like both of those, the um the girls in those stories are really the better athletes. Yeah. Um, and like the more talented athletes, and I really um especially in the the most the one that um I have the take me on the one I'm thinking of in the MMA one. Like, the girl in the story is kind of a badass. And, like, most of the story is pretty dramatic and, like, fairly ridiculous. But, like, she's the one with the sort of sports is, like, her grandfather owns a gym, like, a mm-hmm. boxing and MMA gym. Like, it's kind of in her sort of makeup to be, you know, a really good athlete. And um, even though it's not necessarily about her sort of journey as an athlete, like, yeah. Her sort of athletic mindset, I thought, right, rang pretty true, even though it was something she was kind of trying to run from a bit. Um, but also her figuring out, like, maybe she doesn't want to be, like, she doesn't necessarily want to be, like, a top athlete because she's, like, good at it. Yeah. But there's also a connection she builds to it, and her kind of working out, like, 
how to kind of navigate like that connection and like what she wants out of her future. Yeah. Is I thought that was all really well done actually. And I've yeah. been really critical of those books. I think I gave like the first book like a two star um review. I mean the dude kept calling the girl siren. Like, come on. Like first of all, what teenage boy says that? Yeah, that's And second of all, it was just weird. Just weird. Like, his internal commentary about that was just weird. I did not like that. Um, but uh, I did I did slightly think the MMA one, especially, like, I actually think she's grown a lot as a writer. And I think that where she especially was showing that conflict with that main character and how she was getting confused about, like, there's a lot of stuff. She doesn't think it's, like, poverty really well. It sounds weird. But um, was trying to figure out that like, athletically gifted, but maybe that's not what I want thing. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. So. What else do we have on our, uh, on our Three. list? Oh. Oh, there's Raw Blue, by Sarah. Surfing. Yeah. That book is, I mean, that's, I feel like we can apply that book to just about anything. Yeah. Right? We always find a way to talk. Yeah, it's so, it's funny, because, like, I actually was thinking I wanted to reread that book. Part of me is a little scared, too, because I have it in my mind as a surfing conference book. Yeah. They have a lot of phobias around, like, what if it's not? It's a really good book. It's though, such yeah. a good book. I don't think that you would be disappointed in that book. Her, her newest book has been dispatched to me. Oh, awesome. Which is exciting. It's so cute how they do that. I know, I love it. it. It's so adorable. Your, your order has been dispatched. dispatched. Yeah, I know. Like I that's love so it. much fancier than shipped. I know. You know. Um and I you know, this is kind of a weird one, but um so Serena Bowen wrote the Ivy Year series, which is a new adult series. The Ivy Years, I think. Yeah. And it's a new adult series. And there's all the dudes are athletes in those books, but in the first one, the um, girl main character is a hockey player, and her um, she's had a catastrophic injury and can't play hockey anymore. Uh, and um, I don't, you know, I I don't, you know, I don't claim to be able to speak to the portrayal of disability in that yeah um, book, but I thought the um, the portrayal of like not being able to play a sport as, like, a thing that, like, parents, like, grieve over. Yeah. Because that was, like, such a huge piece of her life. I thought that was really, really, really well done. Yeah. Um, despite that I have a number of other criticisms of that particular book and of that series, though I find them wildly addictive reads. Um, yeah. It's one of those things. It's kind of like, like the Vampire Diaries, like, watching that show, and, like, you just keep being like, yes, I want to keep watching Netflix. Yeah. Like, even though, like, you're like, there's a, I have a lot of issues here, but I just want to know what happens. Yeah. Kind of that same way. But I thought the way that she handled the sort of, like, the actual grieving over the ability to play the sport was really, really well done. And, um, like, it's just honestly, like, sort of a girl jock mentality, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I know that sounds negative, and I didn't mean it as such. Actually, yeah. But. I, I think sports do a lot for people in the a lot of us. Yeah, people, I think they're really but similar. I feel like there's like a big like divide between the two and how people perceive that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't see thought it. that was really weird. Yeah, because I think I mentioned earlier, like I don't see that all that different. Like it's not all that different than like a theater kid. Like, yeah, it's really similar. Like people tend to hang together and have similar interests, and 
you know, sort of like single mindedness about that stuff. And yeah, it's, it's not really all that different. Um, and yet there's a big perception difference, and especially it's reflected in these books that are supposed to be directed towards, you know, teenagers. And I really do, th- honestly, I think yeah. it comes from I, like so much in terms of what we see on ourselves, it comes from who's writing and who's choosing to edit and who's editing books and what yeah. they sort of self-select. I really... Yeah. But it's like, it's pretty crazy to me the more I think about it, like how few books there are about girls. girls I mean, we had to go pretty deep back because I was like, I had like the X Games by Jen Eccles yeah. on my list. That book came out, like... And that's like really... I mean, that's barely... I mean... It is, I think her books, a lot of them have sort of sportingness. That's 2009, so that was seven years ago. Yeah. Um, and her books tend to have a, you know, those they tend to have, like, sports or music or basically, like, girls that do yeah. stuff. And I really appreciate that. Um, but, like, that's also, like, you know, it's like a lightweight rom-com, so it doesn't go pretty, very deeply into it. Um, it's more about, like, competition and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but there's, I mean, I was looking at her list, like, this is not a very, like, there's numerous Australian books on this list. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of, like, that's sort of, you know, not obscure, but. Yeah. Against the sort of normal, um, and then you have, like, Bruce by Sarah Skilton. Um, yeah. Because that's, like, MMA? What is the sport that she does? That's not it. It's the martial arts. Yeah. I can't remember exactly The specific one. Um, well, it's like when I was in high school, I wasn't involved. Taekwondo. Yeah. I wasn't involved in organized sports, like, at school. Like, I wasn't really, oh, crew was really big in high school, but I wasn't involved in that. But crew is, like, a really hardcore sport. Oh, man. Crew kids are intense, man. Yeah, but crew was really big, and, like, you know, I I didn't really play on any teams like that, but I did, um, I did ice skate. Almost every day after school, I went and I did that. And, you know, I feel like what I had to do with, because I was a piano player too, and I feel like what I needed to do to be successful as an ice skater was not really any different than what I needed to do as a piano player. It's pretty similar, actually. Yeah, just like, of just like, I mean, it's, I had to use my body in a different way obviously because it's not the same thing but I feel like mentally they were very similar and the discipline that required mm-hmm. the things that I had to do to like train my body to be able to do the things that I needed to do to be successful I think all of that is very similar um, and it was a really big part of my life and most people that I knew in school I mean I mean, obviously, there were kind of people who were in those groups who were just like, oh, we're the academic people in the yearbook, or we're, yeah. we're the newspaper people, or the yearbook people, and they never did any sports. But, like, I mean, for I feel like most of the people that I knew did both. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, were played... like, I mean, I think I knew people who, you know, I, there were these girls, they were identical twins, and they edited the literary magazine my senior year, mm-hmm. but they played sports all year round. Track, they did crew, yeah. you know. I mean, I played basketball like crazy, like all through elementary school, like yeah. And I remember being really sad when I went to high school because I meant I couldn't play basketball anymore because I like from like a small elementary school Did where you like mom like 
Oh my god, I have stories for like a mom. hot minute, and it was she was so assistant funny. coach, and she didn't okay, know anything this about is a great, basketball. This is a great story. So my mom, <laughs> my basketball team in seventh grade, desperately needed an assistant coach because they had to have a certain number of adults there, right? My mom was like, "I'll do it," right? I don't know why. <laughs> like this is a because like I think it was I different. Don't even understand how she had time. I she don't was either. Like, was she still going to school then? But she was I like think so. teaching, going to school. I don't she know. Was like a it's single my mom. mom. Was she a single mom at that? No, point? I mean, oh, like okay. she was sort of anyway because my father was never around. Even though he was around, but like I don't know how she had time for that. I think that's a really good question. I never even asked her about that. And to be honest, my mom did what I think you know is not normal anymore. But I think is a kind of healthy. Like usually, like when I had practices and stuff, like she would go like have some time by herself. Like, so it's kind of nice of her to, like, <laughs> seriously, like, I don't blame her. Like, yeah. she would be, like, she would, like, read her book and, like, car and be, like, this is awesome. Um, But she became assistant basketball coach for a brief period of time. And she didn't know what she was doing. And I remember the coach told my mom to go have this group of girls run drills. My mom doesn't know what that is. So my mom comes up with her own drill, which is people dribbling the ball up and down the court while singing a song and dribbling to the beat of the song. Oh. Yeah. So that was a good one. Um, and there were a number of other drills that my mother devised along these same lines. How long did this last? And, and, and why did this, uh, why did this arrangement happen? I don't know. I think maybe it wasn't my mom's calling. <laughs> Um, but was it like she who left? I don't know the voluntarily, details. Or was I, I think she it maybe really was something just... she didn't particularly enjoy. Oh. Um, one of the songs was on um, what is that? I've got rhythm. I've got music. You know that song? Yes. Yes. So there was a drill involving that dribbling. Um, we weren't very good. Um. Oh. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but I but it sucked when I got to when I got to um I did my mom become basketball coach. That's so weird. Um, when I got to high school, I just couldn't. It was a big school, and so you had to be like one of the best players if you wanted to, you know, play on the school team. Like even the freshman team, we just couldn't. Um, like no one from my elementary school ever got to be on one of the like the school team mm-hmm. at my high school because I went to a little tiny school so it wasn't like you ever got to play against anyone good yeah. so you didn't get to get any better I mean because you kind of get better by like getting you know your ass beat by teams that are a lot better yeah. than you <laughs> and so and I just remember it sucked so much because like I really love I started love playing on the basketball team and like I was short like, I wasn't even gonna play on like the you know school yeah. team you know it was you know, and softball was the same way. I mean, like, the softball team was so good, so there was no way I would even, you know, have a chance. I was like, you know, I could yeah. hit the ball, but, like, I couldn't catch it. Yeah. And, you know, and, like, I liked playing tennis, and, like, again, there were, like, only 12 spots in a school of with 600 girls, and everyone wanted to be on the tennis team. Like, I remember that sucked, like, not getting to do that stuff anymore. And I was, like, a yeah. huge nerd, like, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, I don't know. I think that's it's kind of interesting how that sort of gets segmented. Yeah. Like in fiction, it gets segmented out as like you're one or the other, and I don't necessarily think that's. I mean, maybe schools wildly change to encourage. I but know. I don't think so. I mean, like I've talked to like my cousin who's yeah. in high school, and it doesn't sound like it's 
you know. And I always feel like a lot of times, like, in a book, if a character is athletic and they decide that they're going to do something that's not athletic, it's like a really big, yeah, like, it's... Like, it's, it's a big conflict. Yeah, it's a big conflict for them internally. They're just like, how can I write this? This is so fun. It doesn't make any sense. You know, their friends give them a hard time about it. But, like, I feel like, I mean, I think in some ways in high school, people, your your group will give you a hard time for showing your emotions and stuff like that. I don't think it's so strange like that. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's so strange to be in good relationships. No. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. I know you don't really, I know you have this music project coming up, but I really like that show. Uh, I mean, I just, it's more because it's just, like, crappy at... Yeah, sewing. I just finished watching <laughs> Project Runway Junior, so it had oh, okay. these teenagers. Oh, okay, I bet that was adorable. Oh, my God, they were amazing. Like, the things that these kids, like, came up with in their heads and, like, See, I created. could probably, I could actually probably get behind that. You could, you probably would, really would have liked that, but I remember one I just get the, so irritated on Project Runway because people want to be designers and they don't know how to sew a freaking seam. I just <laughs> want to punch them in the face. <laughs> I mean, these kids, Sorry, these kids I get are really. Like, this is a hot subject for me. Yeah, I may need a minute. These kids I'm sorry. were like thirteen through sixteen, and they were like, dude, they probably know how to sew properly. Yeah, I don't like a lot of them. Like taught themselves on like YouTube or something like that, or just taught so themselves. So cool. I wish we like had that. YouTube when I was. I know that. that. Been I mean, I'm glad we didn't have Facebook, but like yeah. YouTube would have been awesome because there was a lot of random shit I was interested in that I could have YouTubed. Yeah. So. But one of the kids, the girls on it. And she's from California, and she is, she made it to the finals, um, and so she showed a collection, and then mm. she, but she's also, in her spare time from school and designing clothes, a competitive surfer. That's cool. You know what I mean? So Katie like, is, yeah. like, way cooler than we are. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. She's, like, 16, and she's, like, <sighs> much, much, much cooler than me. Jeez. <laughs> Um, yeah, we But, like, it's not, I mean, like, I feel like design is kind of considered, like, fashion design is considered very artistic. Artsy, yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, like, a lot of times I feel like in books, there's no way that somebody who's a competitive surfer could, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting, right? How, like, and so, especially in, like, in particular, there's so many. Why is so tropey, and I hate to make a sweeping generalization, yeah. but like the like this can characters be tropes? I don't know how that works. Well, I guess they're archetypes, but yeah. it sort of feels like less archetypy and more like like you've got like the sensitive artist, you've got the you know the introspective writer, you've yeah. got the or it's like it's almost like the writers just feel like people who are artistic and sensitive and introverted. Popular expectations and are maybe the only made. You know what I mean, and I, I, I think that's really unfair. And I don't know if maybe their perspective from their own personal experiences that they had and some of the opinions that they had about how things were in high school interfered yeah. with a little bit. But I don't, I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting. I. I... 
I mean, I think I know there's I a lot of people who are artistic who are assholes. Well, and I also wonder you though know? if it's actually gotten if this has gotten more extreme in that respect as like sort of the adult market has become the like sort of the importance of that has become more prominent, I guess. Yeah. It, with regard to like audience for like books for teens. Because, you know, when I was a teenager, there was a lot out there with, like, I mean, considering, like, sports was less accessible then for girls, but there was a fair amount out there for depicting girls, like, doing stuff. Yeah. I guess that's, I wonder, I wonder how that's, I would love to see, like, history of that and how it's changed. I mean, there were also a lot of books about, like, like, everyone dying, so, I mean... (laughs) Friends are <laughs> everybody is dying of what cancer. Was, what, was, yeah. what was that author's name? Darlene McDaniel. She's still writing. Yeah, I know. She's still writing about teenagers who are dying I of know. cancer. She still does it. I kind of want to read read one. Like to be honest, <laughs> I, just to see if they're. Just I mean, as, I totally read a few of her books, but like I, I read a couple of them. Yeah. And I mean, I remember the one like the "I'm Too Young to Die" one. Um, yeah. But, sorry, I just got, like, went to, I just pulled up her website. It's, yeah. um, oh, my God. Wow. The oh. covers have changed. Yeah. I kind of want to read, like, one of her new ones and just see if there's. I know. I'm just. I'm so I'm very curious. curious right now. I'm really, really curious. Probably just have them, like, I bet some of them are available, like, on audio at the library. Probably this was one. from 2014. Oh, man. Okay, I might need to read this. Sounds incredible. <laughs> oh, my God. There's the same story. Oh, hey, get your money. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, dude. Like, go for, you know? Sorry, I just, it's like, we never did do our Christopher Pike read-along. Oh, yeah, we still need to do we that. We need to do that. We had this camera, I'm talking to the computer, like, the people who are listening yeah. are there in my computer, but, like, we had this idea to read one of the Christopher Pike books to see if it was as amazing as it was when we were teenagers. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, we're getting be... a little off topic here, but like, I can't believe with the people, the books that people object to, the things that people object to, and like, why didn't books? anyone object? How to... did he get published? You know I mean, what I mean? He, but like, the one with like the the girl who was like the dominatrix and like the cocaine and the. Yeah. I mean, like, what, like, and no one, like... Oh, like, there was, like, murder and rape and so much sex. And, like, like, and not, like, not necessarily and like a lot of sex, of, but a lot of them thinking and talking about sex. And groups you know of, like, mean? teenagers, like, 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 coming together to do murder. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think that he had, he is an author who has been challenged, but he's been, like, challenged less than, like, Judy Blow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, and like, looking for Alaska. Really, really insane, yeah. given the uh, given the nature of his books. So. Oh, my God. These Lorraine McDaniel, the new ones, are the exact same story. They're amazing, you guys. I'm just. I think we should. I think we should. This. I wonder if they'll be, like, as sort of bibliographic as they were when I was, like, 11. But I think I only read a couple of them. Uh, I think I read, like, 
This is like a classic. This is, I feel like that was a really, I mean, I didn't realize it was still a big kind of thing because she's still going, so obviously it must be, but I feel like YA books back then, a lot of them were about like romance related type they really were. Like, I remember reading one about a girl, and her dad ended up having early onset Alzheimer's, and how she's dealing with that, and that, it was all that very, like, I don't know, yeah. like, disease, saccharine yeah, disease I mean, if you would have jumped from Lurleen McDaniel's stories, you'd think that, like, one out of every two teenagers had, like, their boyfriend, mother, father, and or sister die dead from die dead drop dead from i'm really tired um and i spent the day at a wine tasting <laughs> um drop dead from like an obscure disease yeah which i don't think is statistically accurate i'm yeah. fairly certain <laughs> um these are I, i'm not sure but i'm gonna go ahead and say that you are correct i think that. i'm correct i think i'll go out on a limb i don't think that one of every two teenagers has a close family member and or boyfriend die of an obscure disease. Um, I also think, yeah, there's a lot, you know. Oh, okay, so this is a new Lurleen McDaniel book, and it's only 165 pages. What? I don't remember them being that short. I remember them being fairly short, actually. I can remember them being pretty thin and fast reading. I remember, that does seem a little bit short, but I, I do remember them not being very long. Yeah. I remember this one. I, remember I mean, I feel like I remember them hovering between middle grade and YA. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember the so. six months to live one. Yeah. And I remember 16 and dying. I remember that one really clearly. Yeah, and then there was a secret, but uh, a sequel to six months to live. That was like, I that one was the too young to die. Too one, young I to think. die. Um, Actually, it looks like there are a number of six months to live. There's, how long oh. is that series? Oh many, my god! There's how five many times of them. Did she almost died. Poor Dawn. Five times. Poor Dawn. Goodness. Yeah. Oh, it's her whole thing with permission. And then, oh my god. This is dramatic. Yeah, there, that's a five book series. Oh wow. I didn't I, didn't I, I wonder how she did that's in the end. There's probably like recaps of the book clubs. I know. I really hope there out. are. I'm really curious about that. She's written more than 50 books. That's impressive. That's pretty insane. Yeah. I just, I went, now I'm looking for spoilers. Alright, I went, I just went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so, back to the athletic topic. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I would edit that out, but I think it's good stuff. I know. So. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's Do possible. Do you think that that's, like, an attitude about athletics, too, that, like, sports are not as Yes. Oh, I think so. I think that's like, I mean, it's like how many, I mean, how many, yeah, I mean, how many people proudly say like, oh, I don't watch sports. Yeah. Like with this, like, oh, I'm better than those people. Yeah. I mean, that's something, I mean, living in Portland, you hear that kind of stuff all the time, which is kind of insane because there are like such hardcore sports fans here. So I'm always like, um, and actually some of the biggest sports fans I know are artists. So, yeah, um, it's pretty crazy to me. And I, but I do. I think well, there's I like, like a, a badge. A lot of YA books they have characters who run to clear their head. Yes, 
you know? Yes. <laughs> I feel like that is, like, such a trope. It is. It's like, it's, I mean? like, actually up there with the people who, like, let out breaths they can't, didn't remember they were, they were holding. <laughs> and, like, I don't know how many teenagers are like, I need to clear my head, I'm gonna go for a run. It's not. I mean, that's not something I've ever had the urge to do. Running is not really my thing. Uh... But I feel I like actually, there's a lot about I, that, but a lot of them, like, they don't actually, like, run competitively. No. They, they might they might run um, a half marathon for themselves. Yes. Like, you instead know of Destin's books, there's a few of those. Yeah. Um, I feel like the only one I remember really doing it competitively is Jessica Darling. That, I think, might be true. <laughs> Where she was a track she was on track competitively, and her dad was always making these videos of her track team failures, right? <laughs> that series is amazing. I, I should reread it. That is one of my very favorites. I really, <laughs> really love that series. Oh my god. I, guys. Are you still reading about I just, I'm Daniel? so distracted. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is incredible. Like, these names are amazing. Elowen Eden and Cassie Mesicek are fast friends. They share every aspect of their lives. But one thing Elowen has not oh, yet shared with Cassie. Oh, is that the one where Cassie, they both need heart transplants yes. and there's only one heart? Is the, yes. Is oh that she God. checked the organ donor box in her newly acquired driver's license. Cassie only learns of this in a startling and devastating way. When Elowen's life, giving donor wishes, are about to be honored. Arabeth St. Clair has not had the luck to have a fast friend. Arabeth? I don't um, know. Due to a diseased heart, she's led a sheltered life. When Arabeth is 16, she and her mother received a call that will change their lives, but they don't know to whom they should be forever grateful. When the worlds of these three girls and their families intersect, lives have changed in ways they never imagined. Most especially, it is Cassie who sees things differently. She can keep alive the memory of her dear friend by sharing the renewed life of another teenage girl while helping to ease the pain of two families involved and coming to terms with her own. How is that even a summary? That tells you everything that happens in the entire book. I don't need to read all 214 pages. My God, these are amazing. Oh, I remember Don't Die, My Love. I think 1995 isn't the right publishing date, though. Guys, we're gonna do a whole. Um, we're gonna do a whole podcast with Sarah's dramatic readings of Lonely McDaniel. I think we really, really because need to. I think the world needs, needs this. this. Julie Ellis, I Not, love the you know, names. The world doesn't just need it. Nay, it deserves. It deserves it, it. because <laughs> I forgot about the amazing names of her characters. Julie Ellis and Luke Moldenhauer have always been school sweethearts. <laughs> Moldenhauer <laughs> now both are in high school and deeply in love. Luke, a talented football player, is almost certain to receive an athletic scholarship to a top college because he would not be a Lurleen McDaniel character if that was not the case. Relates to sports. Um, and no matter what her parents say, wherever Luke goes, Julie intends to follow. When Luke can't shake what he thinks is a virus, Julie persuades him to see a doc- doctor. Luke's test results are alarming, but Julie believes that love is stronger than anything. Can love survive now? Whatever. Love this book. Oh my god. Is this the one? I don't know if this is a cancer one or is this the like one? Dang. I think we should do dramatic readings of this. Also, if I can track down that alt time timeline. We should just do a whole episode with dramatic readings of our favorite passages from crazy books. Yeah. Let's do that next time. Yes. I am not joking. I'm not either. 
All right. I think that's a great plan. That is a promise to our, our the few listeners we may have left at this point yeah. who have made it all the way through the um the Lurleen McDaniel dramatic reading preview. Um Oh my god. Yeah, that one he his disease is cancer again. I thought that is there one of them and he has like a really weird virus? No, like weird, I... he's got a weird virus one. Sorry, I'm gonna have to do some research. She wrote about a character that had that was reading. Her I think she did actually. I'm pretty sure. It I would not surprise me. I think she, she did, there. but it, maybe it was like a sibling. Um, I know there were like oh the, God, look look at that photo. <gasps> <laughs> Orlean McDaniel's Wikipedia. I'm obsessed. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. No. Oh, it says it is. Well, you know, I... What is this even about? I want to know. Well, anyway. I think that that should be our next. Yes. Best, best. Feel free to comment about if you have your any, opinions on that. Yeah, if you have any requests. I would say. Oh, yeah. Because I have got some doozies. I'm already making a, a mentalist because I have read some terrible books. Haven't we all, though? Yes. Yes, we have. But, man, I have some I have some good ones. I'm going to make sure it's for the library. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, was there anything else? Any other? Oh, I wanted to mention, back on topic, Liz Teixeira's book. Oh, The yeah. Hook series. A golfer, right? There's, um, there's, yeah, they're, I think they're both golfers, both, there's, because there's two books. Oh. And, um, I just, I like, I actually really like the girls in those books. In general, they're very, like, like, strong characters, and there's a lot of, like, family stuff that I thought was well done. Um, I think it's worth, also, I have to say, I think, um, before you pick those up, or maybe after, it's worth reading, um, Debbie Reese's reviews of them. Um, who writes oh. about um, depictions of Native Americans in children's literature because she has um, some, I think, pretty important critiques of those books. Yeah. Um, I think she's a really amazing resource. Uh, she is a really. When it comes to that. Um, because I really like, I really liked those, those books and then yeah. I, I went and I was curious if she had written about them and I went and looked and she had and she had some pretty valid critiques and it didn't, I mean, I again, like, I think just because something is criticized also is doesn't like take away like the things you liked about it, but yeah. it was for me. It was really good food for thought, just in like um, yeah. she had some some really good criticism of um, the portrayal of Native parents in particular. Yeah, um, and I thought that that was really was something I hadn't yeah. thought about, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. I was I really like gra- glad of, that she brought that to light. Yeah, I feel like she's very fearless, not in yeah. a mean way. No, not in a mean fearless, way at all. But like, I mean, anytime you speak out about these issues, there's always, like, a backlash from the establishment where, like, people just don't want to hear it, or they're just like, you're interpreting me wrong, or you're being insensitive, or something. I don't know, but, like, I feel like there's always this kind of backlash against people who speak out, and I feel like it makes it hard for people to be willing to do it. Yeah, because, like, honestly, like, I don't know if you just want to deal with it. You know what I mean? And she's pretty fearless in that regard. Like, she doesn't let people stop her from, like, saying things. 
that's really great. Yeah, and I've learned a lot from reading her reviews of I books have I've too. liked, yeah, honestly, quite me honestly. Too. Um, Definitely. And, and so I, I think it's a very necessary thing, you know. I, I appreciate that. Because and she I, gets a lot of pushback from a lot of different people, yeah, like I mean, on a regular basis. And she just doesn't stop what she's doing. And I think she's doing a really important thing. So. Yeah, because she wrote a great critique of like Mosquito Land, which is a really beloved book. Yeah. Um, and, and then I, she wrote a really good. Ret- of to that Brie Carson book. Yes. Um, and that one was Walk on Earth of Stranger. Walk on Earth of Stranger. And I thought that was... Yeah, and that book was long-listed for, like, for the National the, Book Award, yeah. too, right? And she was... Um, she did a really good critique of that. Um, and I think that's... Um, I mean, and just she, she brings to light a lot of stuff that I think yeah. often goes um, unobserved. And I, yeah, unobserved. It's just like, you know, because I think everybody has internal biases about things that they're just yeah. they're not even aware of you know like we've done a lot of studies on that they like you know they just get scientists and you know people who study professionally yeah, yeah. um experts in this sort of thing have done studies and you know they've just basically uncovered that people every person has internal biases that they don't yeah. even know about you know what i mean and it comes out in things that they say and just write and stuff like that um it's in, you know and it, it's not so much that anybody thinks you're a bad person for thinking that or writing that but it's like she really like makes it so that you need to be aware of it yeah i, I mean that's, that's really like good that's why i wanted do. to make sure like i said like i liked those books but i also thought there was she had some really important criticism of the first one and yeah you know, I'll so have to check that out. yeah, so you can like read it with, yeah, read it with read those books with that point of view, yeah, um, in mind as well. I think is, I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, and I, I always feel like, weird like recommending something that's also like had some pushback. I mean, I think that there's like I think it's almost impossible to read a book that has zero problematic. I do think you know that. I, I think mean? there's all media has problematic. I think so. It's like basically, if you hate everything that has problematic elements, then you basically hate everything, and that's just not realistic. Like, I mean, I've been watching Friends reruns a lot lately. Oh, which Friends is like Friends is super problematic. Oh my god! But it is still so funny. You oh, know I know. What I mean, like, I, know. I still like. There's sir I can watch it and I can be critical, but I can still enjoy that show. I don't, you know, it, and it's kind of a weird paradox going on there, but that's just the way life is. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. But I think she, and my understanding is that Deb Reese is very open to conversation with people. Yeah. Like, if people want to talk to her or they need a critique of a manuscript that, where they have a character that is of native descent or something like that. She's very open. Yeah, it's to like talking her to people site. and trying to help people do it right because she wants it done right. Yeah. It's very important to her to see it done right. So her site is really one of good. those one of the few ones that I I actually seek out reading the comments because there's some really interesting discussions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I. I Uh, she had had some 
uh, dude had some really good comments. Um, so anyway, sorry, I kind of got lost because I wanted to find, I wanted to refresh my mind of what the, um, like, there were some accuracy, like, there were some real accuracy issues with just, like, whole references. Yeah. And I think that, like, that stuff actually, like, like, that kind of stuff actually really matters. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, and I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. You know, and so I'm glad I know that. So, anyway. It's weird recommending things to people I don't know. So, I what? It's weird, like, trying to, like, say, like, something did one thing well and then probably did some other stuff badly. And, like, I don't know how to... Yeah. It always feels weird, you I mean, know? like I said, I think that's normal. I, I think know. it's impossible to say that something did 100% Um, anyway. I'm curious about that. Yeah, I, you know, I think that they're, I think if you read them for what they are, you know, yeah. they're, they're worthwhile, but, yeah. and I can imagine the, I, I can see the teenagers who would read them for what they are. Yeah. I mean, and I, it, that's again where it's like kind of a weird, how do you, And we both really like Mary Scott's books, and I think Peter Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then his book that's coming out with Mary Scott on the Scottish Reformed Library, that's probably one of the series. Yeah, and I know it's not really technically like... considered a sport where they've been fighting for that yeah. recognition, but I think it should be considered a sport. Let's just put that out there. Anyone yeah, cares? and I really actually, I really like that they that, that that main character was a cheerleader. I did and too. like there was a lot of stuff that was like kind of when you sort of like you know was sort of outwardly peppy and all this stuff, but like it sort of showed that how much of that is like surface. Yeah. I mean, I think we should like full disclosure. Maybe it's a good friend of ours. But, yeah. You know, whatever. It was really well done. Yeah. So it's uh well, and that character was Michelle's character, so. Oh yeah, it was Michelle's character. <laughs> so, and we met her briefly once. Yeah, but <laughs> we had breakfast once. Yeah, um, but, Michelle, we like you, but I don't know that we can say that we're really good friends. Yeah, with you, yeah. If you're listening, um, <laughs> but I do. I think that's. Um, yeah, I I thought that was, and there's you know there's Exit Pursued by a Bear is coming out, and that's another series. Which one? Exit Pursued by a Bear. Oh yeah, I've heard that um, one. Yeah, and I just, um, Rachel from Two Wine Queen just sent me a copy of it. Here you are. Um, but I, I'm really looking forward to that because that's going to be really interesting. A bunch of stuff. Like, the, the teenage one as well. And I, because I think I had a lot of bias for that one as well. Yeah. Because it's George Bass. Anyway. I'll take it. Yeah, no, I really, I really liked it. I really like how she dealt with that character, and I don't know, I think, I just think with her body in general, but especially with cheerleaders, which is been such a topic in the June time. Yeah. It's just a very negative thing about a, something that a lot of girls like and enjoy, and but it's still like a competitive cheerleading is really hard work too. Um, so I really like how Michelle dealt with that plot cloudy Yeah. Alright. I'm getting tired. Too. It's ten sixteen. That's awfully late for me. And for me. Yeah, because we're old. 
Um, but uh, we will be back, hopefully less of a lengthy break between episodes <laughs> next time. It's All right, guys. Uh, the holidays in January were crazy. Yeah, it's so. been a weird, like, yeah. And uh, so hopefully we'll be back sooner, and we will bring you that um, dramatic reading of our favorite lines from <laughs> terrible books, because I know... I think we all deserve this. We do. All I think we us. need it. I need this in my life. So. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Clear Eyes Full Shelves podcast. Be sure to check out our book reviews, recommendations, opinion, and all-around nerdy badassery at cleareyesfullshelves.com or on Twitter at Full Shelves. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Until next time, Clear Eyes Full Shelves can't lose. <laughs>